0: Well, welcome, everyone, to Worship God, TGC Canada podcast. My name is Rob. I'm the associate pastor, one of the associate pastors at Cornerstone Baptist Church in Orillia, and I am joined by my co-host, Jody Cross, lead pastor at South Shore Bible Church in Barrie, Ontario, and by Pat Sabell, uh, the minister of worship at Midtown Church in Vancouver, BC. Guys, thank you for being here on this episode.
1: Thanks, Rob. Glad to be here. Glad to be here.
0: It's great to be here. Um, in today's episode, we want to talk about a question um that maybe you haven't thought of before and it might kind of seem like a silly question. Um, and the question is this: how should we go to church? Uh how how should we go to church? You know, when we started this podcast, we actually started, I think it was May in 2020, like the pot the the pandemic had kind of just hit. And uh this week, uh we we're June 10th, 2021. Um, in Ontario, churches are now um, reopening to allow 15% indoors and unlimited outdoors. Guys, you know. So Pat, start with you. I know this is more of an Ontario thing. What are what are you? What's your church doing out in BC um, right now?
1: Yeah, well, we've been uh, doing church outside in the parking lot. Um, by God's grace, uh, not too many. Uh, properties in Vancouver proper have a have a parking lot Mm. uh, but we have a good sized parking lot so we set up some scaffolding and we've been doing church outside uh, until May was gorgeous until June came along and we've had some rain and it seems like it's beautiful throughout the week and then the rain comes on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, So we moved inside last week when they uh, loosened restrictions for the first time This year, that 50 people could be inside. Mm -hmm. And so last Sunday was our first time back together inside the building with 50. Uh, We did three gatherings, and that's what we're going to do again this
0: week. Right. Yeah. Whenever it rains. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Jody, what about you guys and Barry? And what are you guys doing at South Shore?
2: Yeah. Uh, Just before I answer that, I want to say, way to go, Pat. Rob and I have watched as you've been very patient with this (laughs) launch that didn't have a chance to launch until recently. So we are cheering you on brother and in your congregation. Oh, thanks Ben. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So I'm new in my role too and uh, seven months and Rob of late, we have been actually doing drive-in service. So okay. out in a parking lot. We're at a com- commercial retail area and on Sunday morning, there's no one around. So we have the entire parking lot. Mm. We've been in cars for the last three weeks and uh, we did an FM transmitter approach where we had live worship team outside. People turned us uh, turned to the frequency and the radio and pulled us into their cars. And then this week with the new allowances, we are actually going to be live in, uh, I was going to say in wheelchairs, but <laughs> lawn chairs.
0: <Wheel laughs>
2: live <in>. lawn chairs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but still outside.
2: But still outside. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, by default, if it rains, light rain will be under a tent and people can stay in their cars. And if it's a major pouring torrential rain, we'll, we'll go back to live stream.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Here at Cornerstone, we're doing um two indoor services. So 15%. So we're gonna do a 9-11 just this week. And then starting next week, we're gonna be doing, I believe, an evening service in addition to that. Something a bit more kind of um kind of slimmed down. I outside my beautiful windows here is a big lawn. So the whole church is gonna well, a lot of the church is gonna gather out there. We're gonna do some evening services. So we're just very pumped and excited. Like I came to Cornerstone just a month ago and like I still haven't met the church family uh, you know so this this Sunday is like my first I'll get up on stage and I'll look out and I'll see kind of my church family so it's I'm very pumped I'm very excited for it um so today's topic again how to go to church for many of us waking up Sunday morning and going to church has maybe become a little robotic um now during covid we've had a little bit of a break kind of in that kind of routine but I think for a lot of us, we don't think a lot about, you know, how am I going to church? How am I supposed to go to church and worship God? And today we want to think a little more intentionally about that. Um, also, if you're watching on Facebook, we'd love if you just make a comment on, like, hey, how do you prep yourself for church? We'd love to. We'd love to see that. Um, and I think this there's a this is a big deal. And and what difference does it make? If we don't prep ourselves, we kind of just show up. Pat, why do you think, why is it important that we intentionally think through this about how we are to come and worship God? Like, doesn't God just welcome us as we are? Why is it important to think intentionally about this?
1: Right. Well, he absolutely welcomes us as we are, for sure. Um, but I, I do think it's important that we think intentionally about gathering together as God's people, because because God is the one who's calling us to, to mm-hmm. gather. God God is the great initiator. Um, we, we would not love him had he first not loved us. Um, and He we would not be part of his family had he not awakened our hearts and brought us into the kingdom of his son. And so just that thought that God is the one who calls us to worship him uh, is, is incredible. Mm. I think often we think of like, you know, we can view Sundays as a time where we worship God and then we, and then life happens. And then, um, you know, and then we go back to church next Sunday. And like you said, it becomes this thing that we do. It's just what we do every Sunday. Um, But when we start to view all of life as worship, um, and then what we do on Sunday, there's this, there's this elevated, there's this heightened thing. There's something special about when God's people gather um, together in his name, God manifests his presence in, a, in in his power in a way that he doesn't when we're alone. Um, and I, I, I think that's amazing. God, God is among us by his spirit in a, in a unique way. I was thinking of a quote that I heard some time ago by David Peterson. And he says this, the people of God continue to be the spirit filled community when they disperse and go about their daily affairs, but their identity as the temple of the Lord finds particular expression when they gather together in Jesus's name to experience mm. his presence and power in their midst. I love that, that he says that, it, that, that the Lord's temple finds particular expression when they gather together in Jesus' name. So it, if this is the case, then then there's, there should be expectation and there should be intentionality when we think about gathering, when we're going to be with the Lord. And I was thinking about places in scripture where, there seemed to be like a disengaged heart or people were checked out you know the jesus quoting isaiah the prophet in mark 7 where he said people these people draw near to me with their lips but their heart is far from me mm. or you know the the malachi text of speaking to the priests it says you bring stolen lame or sick animals you bring this as an offering am i to accept this from your hands you know Amos five, where where we hear, take away from me the noise of your songs, the melody of your harps. I think that's that's from from people who aren't intentional and their heart is disengaged. Uh, they're they're coming to church and they're not thinking about, wow, God. God is among us. God God initiated this. God did this. God mm. saved us. God brought us into his family. These people all around me are the family of God. And therefore my heart should be there to with with expectancy to meet with God and to be with God's people that I might encourage and build one another up for the sake of the glory of God and for the good of his people.
0: Mm. I think I've got, I don't know if you guys have ever like not prepared for like a pastoral meeting and you kind of show up kind of, kind of resting on your laurels and then you just find yourself like totally unequipped and totally unprepared and just feeling like, oh man, like I didn't prep and how helpful can I be like some of these texts you talk about and we're going to talk about kind of remind us about the horizontal kind of impact that we can have on a Sunday. And if we're not, if we're just kind of showing up and we're not thinking, you know, it definitely, we start to leave things out of this kind of DNA of what's supposed to happen on a, on a Sunday that, or in a time of worship, that's key. Jody, what are some things that often get in the way then of people being prepared for worship?
2: Yeah. And I'm, you know, as I think about this, I think our experiences are much the same North Americans. We wrestle with the same things. Tying into what Pat just said, first thing that I would think is is the, um, the lack of understanding of the profound privilege that we have of meeting with God. And um, mm. you know, we're meeting with God and with his people. There's nothing like the church. There's nowhere else on planet Earth that is comes close to the church being together. And not only just the church being together, but what we get to do as God's holy and royal priesthood, his holy nation, his chosen possession so we forget about that. There's a phrase that says familiarity breeds contempt, and, and we've already just talked about that. This is the thing we do week in and week out. And and I, uh, one of the phrases I use as a worship pastor is, uh, today is not just another Sunday, because particularly as a leader, you think, well, I did it, you know, 48 weeks of the year last year, and the last 10 years, that's 480, this is just never it's like there never was one and I might never have another one and so I've often thought I want to have that kind of attitude I don't always but I think it's really helpful so our lack of understanding and maybe this I'll just throw it a couple more that come to the top of my mind this is one that I think we And struggle with is rush, rush, rush. As you said, just not being prepared for meeting, you you're you know, you're you're late, and this frantic pace of, of life just just catches up with us. And you know, you go and you take the first 20 minutes just to stop sweating and to catch your breath and your heart rate to drop, and you're really not there. Mm. So those those two things. And uh, family stress, if you're watching and uh, you've got you know little kids at home. Uh, we have we had four kids under six, so God bless my wife. I was at church preparing for the service, leading worship. You know, there usually a couple hours before the service starts, but she was getting four little kids ready at home. And how many families are trying to get everybody fed and get get their clothes on, their shoes on, and every you know get their mouths wiped and stuff. And and they got to get those kids kids church. There's a lot of family stress. Those are some of the things that I, I think of just on a practical level that sometimes get in the way.
0: Pat, do you want to add? Is there anything that jumps to mind? Uh, something that you think often gets in the way of coming prepared for worship?
1: Yeah, I, I think often it can be just just the sheer reality of of our world and the busyness of life. And I think that's, you know, the, and it, it's like we we're living two worlds in mm-hmm. some ways, you know, and and to, it seems like we're we're coming or rushing into church. I I I talk a lot about belly button gazing or you know the fact that we've been more inward, we're more focused on our sin and our struggle than we are the gospel and the good mm. news of Jesus. So I think sometimes we're we're rushing into church and we've just we've been living uh we've been forgetting the gospel. We've for, forgetting the good news of Jesus. Um and 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 there we plunk ourselves in the seat, and you know the the uh, the accuser of the brethren who stands before God night and day starts reminding us of all the ways that we've blown it this week. And mm-hmm. uh, so I think there's there, there's a you know a combination often of our world, the busyness of our world. Um, our failure to 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 preach the gospel to ourselves every day to love the gospel to live in the good of the gospel and then we walk into church and we're 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 unprepared our hearts are are disconnected from this beautiful reality that we've gathered to meet Mm -hmm. with god and to encourage and build up one another
0: Mm -hmm. yeah I think a lot of people, maybe, are, maybe you're sitting at home going like, I, don't, I just don't know why this is that big of a deal if I rush in a little late. And I think just to help that, there are a number of reasons actually in the Bible why God, why God would maybe ask us to abstain from corporate worship. There are situations where God looks at a heart and looks at a person and says, actually, you need to take care of that first. Like I think of what Jesus says in Matthew 5 about unresolved conflict. Hey, if you're, if you're going to the table, if you're going to worship, you're going to an offering and you got something against your brother or your brother or something against you, he says, what? Leave your offering, go. And it's like, hey, don't come to church. If, you, if you've got some bitterness and some, some clear conflict that's going on, you're not addressing it. Um, you think about even Amos 5, you know how, how it talks about how justice and mercy were being neglected. And God goes, shut the doors, stop singing. I don't want to hear it. Because you're neglecting justice and mercy. So clear and, and like Isaiah one talks about how corruption and sin, when they're rampant in the church, God says the same thing. I'm tired of, of your sacrifices, right? So there's even this idea that when we aren't prepared, God picks up on that. Like it's 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 important for us to be prepared, and there are situations where we're not prepared that God might ask us, like, "Hey, you're this is you got to shut the doors because I'm I'm not liking what I'm seeing here in the heart." So it's important for us to to understand why the heart um, plays a huge role in in our worship. So, guys, what are some what are some biblical principles, Pat? Let me start with you. What's a biblical principle that we could look at? when it comes to how we ought to come prepared for worship?
1: Well, I think um, because we're, we're taking 10 looks at ourselves for every one look at Christ, often we, we don't do this one that I, I feel uh, is really important where scripture tells us to come boldly and with confidence. Um, you know, the Hebrews 4.16, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. I think we fail often to understand that when we gather as God's people um, that you know, we're coming to a throne of grace, to a king of grace, unending. <laughs> he's 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 unending in his grace towards us. So what does your week look like? What just happened on the way to church when you're driving there and you you, you barked at your wife or, you know, you yelled at your kids in the back seat and you, you're like walking in, you're sitting down and you're just more aware of, I'm I'm just a, you know, I'm a loser. I'm I'm just a bad dad. I'm I'm getting angry all the time. I'm doing all these things, but there you're sitting there and like, you know, this reality, how how would I even at all, how can I boldly worship Jesus right now? Well, you Mm -hmm. can, because Jesus has, has made that possible. He's made it possible for us in spite of our Past sins and present sins and future sins, they've all been placed on Christ. And and the invitation is when we come, come boldly, approach his throne Hmm. with confidence, not in ourselves, not in what we did, not in our performance that week or how well we got up that morning and prepared our children and our families for worship, but come boldly and with confidence because Jesus... When the father looks at us, he sees the perfect righteousness of his son. And so Mm. we can boldly, we can boldly approach God.
0: Mm. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Psalm 51, 17, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. Jody, what would be another kind of biblical principle um, a tool from the scripture? Something we can draw from that would instruct us in how to come to worship.
2: Yes, Pat was saying that at the the end of uh, Hebrews four sixteen says this to help in time of need. Mm-hmm. In time of need, I realize that we are much more needy than we we think we are. Sometimes we think we're you know we're superstars. And principle I would say is to come needy, mm. to come needy and to come hungry. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Jesus says in Matthew five verse three, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. There's this awareness. Just we we come awareness of our poverty, of our our. Our humanity, our being uh, finite, our our awareness that we are uh, a branch in the vine. And if the branch is disconnected, there's no life. uh, And we need fresh grace Mm -hmm. to be input into our life. I I love the scripture um, in Psalm 81.10 says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And here's the promise. Open wide, open your mouth wide, and I will fill it. Mm -hmm. So we come we come needy, we come hungry, and God says, "I'm gonna, gonna meet you in your need. I'm gonna meet you in your poverty of spirit." And this is a, a real foundation of all of the graces that pour out. Just this awareness that I, I can't without Him, and I, I need Him. And Christ won't be our all-in-all, all, and that's what we want corporate worship to be. We want Him to be the one that we exalt supremely. And unless we recognize our own bankruptcy, Christ won't be precious unless. Uh, we realize that we're not the rock stars that we sometimes think we are, um, and then just awareness of our own weakness shows us exactly how precious and how uh, satisfying He really is.
0: Mm. Yeah, I think I think one of my favorite Psalms is Psalm 100, and I think it, yeah, there's a great lesson in here as well about how we're often meant. To, the, the psalm says this, you know, and many of you will know this, but make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth, serve the Lord with gladness, come into his presence with singing. It says in verse four, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Um, give thanks to him, bless his name. And it talks about why, because he is the Lord and he is our shepherd and his steadfast love endures forever. And I think a principle here is we're meant to come, like thankful and ready and we're meant to come with joy already. Like a lot of us, it takes it's not until like song four, maybe halfway through the sermon, or maybe it's that not until that final song that I'm starting to feel joyful and thankful. And it's like the first song's a write-off, you know, because you're chatting with the people next to you. And then the second song is just kind of, you know, the mid-temple one where you're like, okay, you know, and it's like we're not ready. We haven't come thankful. We haven't come with singing that's what the psalm actually says come into his presence with singing like come with a song on your lips already mm-hmm. and i think sometimes we we kind of make it the worship team's job to get us ready we we make it the worship leader's job to get in and okay i need like i'm at i'm in midtown i need pat to remind me about why i should be thankful right and hey it's good that we remind people of course but I think what the Psalm is getting at is we should be doing that kind of work ourselves. We should be kind of, so in the car ride to church, you know, just be putting on some worship songs and singing and just becoming thankful, reminding yourself like, man, I'm a child of God. You know, I am, I am, I, 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 he's my father. He is my shepherd. Like even just reminding yourself of the things in Psalm 100 that he is the Lord. He is God. He made me. I'm his, I'm the sheep of his pasture. His step, his promises exist forever. Um, So I think, I think that's a, a key principle. I even think of the old Testament worship system, the Levitical system. I'm going through Leviticus right now. We'll be preaching through it, through a church. And the, you, you have to come so prepared for those sacrifices because if you don't, in some situations, it can mean your life. Um, And there's this preparedness, there's an intentionality that people came with in, in that. And I think we've totally lost that a lot of the time. And so this psalm says, come with joy. And hey, in light of the cross, as Pat was saying, we don't have to make sacrifices for sin anymore. And yet this psalm is written to people who are coming with sacrifices, who are coming with goats and doves and bulls. Well, how much more in light of the cross? in light of Jesus in light of the fact that I don't have to slit an animal's throat or, or give my firstborn of my flock to the priest I can just come and worship as a child of God man like that that uh that shouldn't still join us so i would encourage like hey start at you know breakfast in the morning as you're around the breakfast table with your kids or you're serving them toast or whatever, just, just, just talk and talk about how God's been good to you this week. Come kind of prepared. I think this text says come prepared, um, with thankfulness, being ready to worship coming with our offering ready. Pat, what's a, what's another, um, kind of scriptural principle uh, in terms of preparedness, coming prepared, coming to church for worship?
1: Sure. Uh, just before I do that, I've just to, to tag something you're saying there, I think often there's this emphasis on the, like, the, uh, I don't know if you've heard this, pray this, that they would take us into the very right. throne room of God, yep. of God. Um, yeah, Jesus amen. has done that once and for all. And uh, I think if we understood that, you know, you're talking to put on some worship music, do some of these things on a Sunday morning. We should, we should just be living yeah. that way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Where, uh, because this, this reality is we, we live before God. We live before the face of God and the presence of God. And, um, and so I, I think, you know, forget about getting to church and wanting the, the worship team to, to get you into the presence of God. I think with that heart and that mind and that type of thinking that I'm, I'm right now in the presence of God. Mm. If there's unconfessed sin, if there's things you need to deal with, deal with it. But Jesus has once and for all made it possible for you to boldly approach uh, the Father. And so mm. come and worship him. And I would say, uh, just on an, another area where where the way we should come into the, the into the, the gathering is is to come with a humble heart. Mm. Um, you know, the James four six, God opposes the proud; He gives grace to the humble. And I, I think maybe maybe more specifically to a lot of men that you need to hear this, um, men. There's just this thing that. You know, there's this uh, "I'm a man" kind of thing. I can't mm-hmm. sing, or I don't sing loud, or right? yeah. I'm not going to be expressive.
0: Don't raise my hands.
1: Um, I won't raise my hands. I, I would never ever get down on my knees and kneel or whatever. I, I'd say, forget about yourself. Like, mm-hmm. you know, get. Uh, you need you need a bigger uh, picture of who we're gathering to worship because mm-hmm. when you do, you won't care so much about what you look like. And honestly, the greatest thing you could do, especially if you've got your children there mm. beside you, you should be modeling one who's being undone in the presence of God. Mm. Um, lift your hands if you if if you need to get down and kneel, and to and to just bow before Him. I mean, all of these are appropriate ways to to worship Jesus. So I would mm. just say, humble yourself. I would say, I I, I want to. I don't want God to oppose me this morning. I want to. I want to I want to be humble before Him, mm. and I want to just I want to forget about myself, and I want to worship Jesus rightly.
0: Amen. So we, we've talked about some great principles so far. So we've talked about coming boldly with confidence. Jody talked about coming needy, coming hungry. We've talked about coming with the song, coming with Thanksgiving already, come prepared with grateful hearts. Pat, come with humil- humble hearts. Jody, what's another one for you? What's another principle, biblical principle of how we should come to worship?
2: Yeah, I want to give everybody a picture i thought of this that everybody who walks in the room is a thermometer and they're either a red thermometer or a blue thermometer we understand that red is hot blue is cold and my heart is either coming red or blue or somewhere in the middle and just taking this discussion just slightly different tangent for a second not only is it important for us individually before the lord to be ready exactly in all the ways we're talking but My being ready for worship actually has so much implication for the rest of the body. Mm -hmm. That's a different discussion. But the point is, if I'm a a red thermometer ready to go because my heart is warmed up toward the Lord, that's going to bless someone else. That was uh, free, not on the script. Uh, (laughs) My my last one I was going to say is come rested. I, I think that success on Sunday... Has your Sunday morning success and on your Saturday morning or your Saturday night routine. I know when we were young parents, we had all the kids' shoes laid out, their cereal bowls filled up. It was like, because we needed every moment on, on Sunday morning. But I guess I would ask the question uh, of all of us, you know, do I dial back the clock on Sunday morning so that I am spending time with the Lord, so that I'm not rushing, so that I am just appreciating again the gospel. Mark one thirty-five speaks of Jesus. He says, very early in the morning while it was till dark, Jesus got up went to a solitary place and he prayed. Mm. And uh, if you read uh, the opening chapter of of Mark, it says Jesus was very busy and people were coming from all over the place. He had so many people to heal, yet he prioritized that early morning before the ministry was engaged. And uh, I don't know what Jesus' sleep habits were like. I I know that he slept in a boat when there was a storm. I know he was tired. But the point is that mornings matter and um, we want to have a successful morning by having a good sleep the night before. So come rested.
0: Mm. yeah that's good maybe one more for me that i that i that i think about a a biblical principle about how we should come to worship um and i I can honestly say that at times i don't i don't do this well um uh, often especially as a musician i can come very much focused on my task to like okay i gotta perform and i gotta do these things but what we see throughout the scriptures is a very kind of horizontal element to worship that we've talked about. And I think one of the things that worship is, is building up one another. We come to build up and to edify the body. You know, Hebrews 10, 24 talks about that as well. talks about not forsaking the gathering, but seeking to edify and encourage and lift up one another and exhort one another. And first Corinthians talks about there's gifts for the purpose of first Corinthians 14, 26, for the purpose of building up the body. And often I find when we come to church, we're, we're very much focused on, it's almost not even worshiping God, it's receiving encouragement. And yes, absolutely, that's part of what happens when we come to church, where we're meant to be edified and encouraged and fed. That's part of what it is. Our primary focus when we come to worship is to worship God, though, it's to praise him, to exclaim glorious things about him, to declare truths about him, to get him deep in our souls. And that will in turn absolutely encourage us. But then, then we have an opportunity to look around us and to start encouraging and blessing and edifying other people. And it's easy to get the impression from the modern church that it's about, it's a show that's made for us to consume. You know, we got lights that come up and down and the stage features very prominently. It's almost like we're in a theater sometimes and some depends on the church you're in, but sometimes that's how it can it can look. So it's easy to get that impression, but the scriptures are clear. But one of the most important things about the corporate gathering, and we've learned this over the last 15 months of not being able to gather, is the one anothering, en- encouraging one another, exhorting one another. And I just think that worship has has at times become more about us receiving than giving and i think we need to flip that we need to make it first about giving giving to god giving to others it's more blessed to give than to receive and then through that we get encouraged and and i like a couple little small little rules here that i think are little tools to how well how can i practically do this i just want to throw a couple out for example I saw somebody on Twitter had posted some of these things and they said that their husband has some rules. One of them is a person by themselves is an emergency. This idea of when I come to church and I'm there and I'm, I'm ready to look and to find that person who maybe looks lonely, who looks dejected, who looks isolated and to go and to extend an arm of fellowship, to extend hospitality to them, to welcome them. Um, another rule is, is, is often we just want to get together with our friends after church and hang out and talk with them. But what about maybe setting our friends aside for a second and, and, and looking to see how we can minister or maybe pray with somebody or maybe go encourage that older lady? Um, and then another one would be, a lot of the time when we're talking with people, things will come up. How was your week? Oh, you know, this kind of thing happened. And, oh, I went through this. And instead of going, oh, I'll pray for you, which maybe we will or won't, um, get used to speaking the gospel, the hope of the gospel over those situations. And just saying, just want to encourage you, you know, that that God's on his throne, that the Lord's working in this situation. And I don't know, can I pray with you right now? Finding ways to remind people that Christ has died for them. Christ has redeemed them. Christ is here and he's working and he's moving. Um, I think when we start coming with that kind of, Hey, I'm, I'm here to build up others. I'm I'm here to worship God and and proclaim his excellencies, but I'm also here to encourage other people. um, That can be a powerful thing. Guys, do you have any thoughts to add to that? Uh,
2: Final thoughts or other thoughts?
0: Well, well, let's go to final thoughts. Why not? Let's, let's kind of sum up our time here. Um, what, what, what are some final thoughts that you guys would love just to kind of impart to our people about this?
2: I'll, I'll jump in. Um, just a statement that, that um, preparation, we've been talking about that, is directly proportional to the value that you place on an event. Mm-hmm. You see that in a couple of ways in our lives: a job interview. You really want this job. You're showing up early. You look your best. You smell good. You're prepared. You've got your, you know, your knapsack, your briefcase, whatever. And uh, you know you've done your homework and you are ready to bring your best. Or the first date, right? Uh, speak to the guys. You know, there's a young lady that you're particularly interested in. You're you're there on time with flowers in your hand or whatever you happen to do, and uh, you get one shot at this and uh, you're you're prepared because you value this a lot, and so seeing, uh, really coming back to what we talked about, we need to see this corporate work, worship gathering as um, of utmost value, because first of all, of who we're coming to, not necessarily what we're coming to, although the what is important, but it's the who we're coming to, the Lord and his people, and then what we're coming to do, uh, to meet the Lord in worship, and to encourage one another, so this is so vital, your preparation, we value it, and I uh, It's in and investment because what we get to bring, and Rob, you just said that, and then what we are open to receiving because our hearts are ready and expectant.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and uh, I think it was Charles Spurgeon that said, uh, of the church, it's the dearest place on earth. Um, and I, I'd put that out as a question to those who are listening. Is the church the dearest place on earth? And is there something special about the Sunday gathering to you Um, you know I think this this pandemic season has been very interesting to the church and I've heard a lot of people say uh, you know I don't even and it breaks my heart I don't even know if I'm going to go back
0: Mm. Um,
1: you know I'm I'm really enjoying having church in my pajamas or um, Mm. and you know the the Sunday gathering the liturgy it's it's the work of the people it's Mm. God's people coming together and it's it's the most special day of the week. We should be longing. You know, the Psalmist says, I was glad Mm -hmm. when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Um, so is it the dearest place on earth to you? Do you, do you want to gather to do the work uh, as God's redeemed saints to build up one another, to encourage, to, 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 to let the, 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 all around us see that this is an outpost of of, of heaven. It, we're, we're practicing, we're rehearsing, we're mm. anticipating the day where we will be with Jesus and see him face to face. Um, and so is it the dearest place on earth to you?
0: Mm-hmm. I, I remember in our in one of our liturgy episodes, we talked about the call to worship and how a call to worship has to very has to have a very intentional invitation to worship. And I think that would be my last kind of thought here. It's that we, God invites us to worship him. There is an invitation to come and to taste and to feast. And I think there's been a, a movement in, and I hear it in the lyrics in, in modern worship songs where it's, When it's all of a sudden we've started inviting God, you know, we've started inviting God to come like he's the one who's absent, like his heart isn't connected to us. Mm -hmm. And I just think, I think there's some theology there that I would question. I think the person needs to be invited is not God. It's not the Holy Spirit. It's us. Like how often do we not come ready? We're not coming with our hearts ready. We're not coming doing all these things that we've talked about. Often we don't respond to the invitation. We show up, right? We're, we're there, but that's about it. That's like going to school and not learning. Well, we're there, but we're not actually participating. The Lord invites us weekly to this to this glorious gathering to glorify Jesus through our worship and through our loving of one another. And so, what I would say is, let's let's put some of these things into practice if we have if we haven't. Let's not just accept the invitation. Let's not just get up, get dressed and go and, and sit. Let's come prepared. Like we're going to a friend's house for a meal. You know, we often we ask like, hey, can I bring anything? What can I come with? We come excited. Let's come prepared for fellowship and worship. And um, I, th- I think we're going to see a transformation and not only the way in which we engage with God on Sunday, but, but also the way our churches are, are growing so, like, because of, of people like that. Well, this has been a Worship God TGC podcast. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode. And we pray this weekend, hey, if you're in Ontario and you're listening to this before Sunday, this Sunday, you're going back to church in person, maybe for the first time, um, or maybe this is years from now after all this, we just pray that, that this would have been equipping for you as you head back to church this weekend. that would be beneficial, and you would notice a difference when you apply these things. Um, But make sure to join us on our next episode, because we're very, very excited about this next episode. Uh, We're going to be joined by Bob Coughlin, who's the director of Sovereign Grace Music. He's the author of a bunch of books, Worship Matters, probably being the most famous. And uh, he's host of the Sound and Doctrine podcast. Um, Bob's going to be with us on our next episode. We're going to do a couple episodes with him. So be sure to tune in for that episode on our next episode. So we'll see you next time.